You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. This morning, you know, you think about uh, this passage of Scripture, and we recognize we are in a battle. Spiritually, we are in a battle. In life, we are, we are in a battle. We are, we are under attack. Ephesians 6, uh, verses 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. Since the dawn of creation, since the first man, mankind has been in a battle. From the very first man and woman, there was an attack. There was an attack by the evil one. There was an attack on Adam and Eve uh, as an attempt to get at God. Satan, our adversary, the roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour, uh, he, was, he was an enemy uh, that was not only devious and deceptive, he was deadly. And, and this enemy was in the garden with Adam and Eve, uh, and that is when they met their arch nemesis there. Uh, we call him Satan. Uh, he is called Lucifer. He is called the serpent, the devil, uh, an adversary. He is called the accuser of the brethren, the dragon, that old serpent, uh, Beelzebub, the prince of the devils, uh, roaring lion, the prince of the power of the air. Uh, he is called the uh, a liar, the father of lies. Uh, he is the prince of devils. He is a murderer from the beginning. He is a tempter and he is the wicked one. You know, we have an enemy and he is real. And I do not even believe that her passing out this morning was on accident. We are under attack. The Bible talks about the spiritual oppression. The devil is real. And not only is there, is, is there demon possession in this world, there is demon oppression in this world. Uh, the Bible talks about the spirit of infirmity. There is even uh, oppression, demonic oppression, that affects the very health of humanity. And so, uh, so here we recognize we are in uh, a battle. We are under attack. And from the very beginning, we have been under attack. And that's the title of, this, of the message this morning is Under Attack. In the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at this attack, and it is impacting every area of our life. As a personal believer, we are under spiritual attack. When we look at the world that we live in, there is an attack. There is a satanic, demonic attack on humanity. And we see it coming out in so many different levels. We see it coming out in the, uh, in the uh, unrest in our world. We see it coming 
coming out in uh, the racial division. We see it coming out in, in hatred. We see it coming out in uh, just the, the divisiveness of this world. It's coming out in uh, the broken homes and the attack on the family. It's coming out as we look at just the identity of who we are. The world is trying to reassess the very identity that God has given to us and the gender confusion that is going on. This is all part of a, an attack of the evil one. You see, we are under attack. Uh, we have three different enemies as a believer, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says this, and you hath he quickened uh, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." Now, when God talks about the world here, he is referring to the system, the world system that is against us. It is the system that is against God. And the flesh refers to that old Adamic uh, sin-cursed nature uh, that he's talking about, that sinful condition. And you know, when you got saved, uh, your flesh did not get saved. You still have a flesh. You still have a sinful uh, part of your humanity. The penalty for that sin has been saved, uh, and you will not have to suffer the penalty for that. But they are, there is still very much a natural sinful part of, of our humanity that we have to fight day in and day out. And then the devil, of course, reverse to that one who is called our enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Our, our enemy wants to devour us. He wants to destroy us. He wants to remove the very knowledge that you ever existed. And let me tell you something, Christian. Uh, the devil wants to not just get you out of church. The devil wants to remove any vestige, uh, any, anything that reminds the world about the Savior. He wants to get you completely out of church. He wants to completely devour you. He wants you not to have any influence to those that are around you. And you have a family that needs to be saved. You have uh, co-workers. You have friends. There, there are people that you have been a witness to over these years, and there's a very real devil that not only wants to, de to destroy you, he wants to devour you. He wants to completely remove any memory of your existence as a child of God from, the, 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 uh, from this earth. He wants to remove any form of light that he can. And so we are going to be looking in the next weeks about uh, this attack and how it is uh, uh, the attack is spiritually, the attack is, is uh, physically, and the attack is, uh, is emotionally as well. I wrote this, the devil is a formidable enemy that we will not defeat on our own. The devil is a formidable enemy that we will not defeat on our own. 
There is no way for you and I, as finite creatures with a sin nature, that is going to overcome the prince of the power of the air. You and I are no match for him. But aren't you glad 1 John 4, 4 is in the Bible? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, we are, we are going to fight the devil not from a losing position, but from a victorious position because we're in Christ. And you and I do not have to look at all that's going on in this world and feel as though we are victims. We are truly victorious because we are in Christ. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to just see some things as we lay the groundwork uh, for this uh, series that we're going to be looking at. Uh, we are going to be looking at four things. In Ephesians 6, there's four different topics uh, that deal with this, uh, this uh, the attack of the evil one and how we can have victory in our in our daily walk. You know, God doesn't want us to walk around as victims. He doesn't want us to walk around as the ones who are just trying to survive. Uh, I know I know some people that are hyper dispensationalists, and they believe that now we, as in the latter days, in the days of uh, Laodicean church age, they, they classify this as the time where all we have to do is just hold fast that which thou hast. What they're saying is, during these days, all we can do is just hold on. But you know what? I don't find that in my Bible. I don't find where God just says, you just do nothing and you just try to protect yourself. No, he has left us in this world to make a difference, to make a, an impact for the kingdom of God and for the Savior. And, and so here, as we look at these, I think we can uh, grow a little bit and just be aware of what's taking place in our world. Uh, first of all, I want you to see the enemy. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. We've already read these verses. Finally, my brethren, uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Uh, we have to be in his might if we are going to win. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." So we see the enemy. He is called out in this verse uh, number 11 as the devil. The word de devil is the word diabolos. And diabolos, uh, it literally means a slanderer and accuser. A slanderer and an accuser. And when we, we look at this, uh, the devil, he wants to slander. He wants to accuse. And that's what his job is. Uh, he is. He is the one that comes before God. Uh, we, we read in Job how, God, how Satan came before God. And he was, he was coming as the accuser of the brethren. Uh, but he is a slanderer. He is a liar. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, we, we need to make sure that we don't ever get caught up in his tactics in our life. 
You know, I don't want to identify with him in anything in my life. I don't want to be a slanderer. You say, well, pastor, it's true. It doesn't matter if it's true or not true. Uh, slander is something that is, that's a tool that the devil uses to create division. It's a tool that he uses to destroy uh, and, and, and to injure people. And so uh, he is a destroyer. He is a, an accuser, if you would. So, so the, this enemy, the devil, he is a real enemy. He's a real enemy. Under the last uh, two administrations ago, ISIS was referred to as being a JV team as though they were not an enemy, as though they were not really an adversary. That underestimating the, the power of that enemy cost us so many lives. You know, you and I, we cannot, we cannot underestimate the power of our enemy. He's, he's not this, this little figure that's running around with a forked tail and horns and a red jumpsuit. He is an enemy that wants to destroy us. And the devil, as, as this enemy, uh, he, is, he, is in, he is choosing to destroy. And we have to realize that we do have a real enemy. We have someone that wants to attack us and kill us. And so uh, there is an enemy. Uh, we think about in our own world when there is a, an enemy uh, and we have them, foreign and domestic, what do we, what do, we do? We have, uh, we have intelligence that goes out, our military base. This is a military intelligence base. Uh, this base is, is getting information uh, to help uh, so we have the information we need about our enemies so we can be prepared for what they are doing, so we know how we should counteract, so we know what we should do uh, preemptively. And so, so there is intelligence uh, there, that military intelligence. We think about the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, uh, their job job is to, to uh, compile intelligence about those who are the enemies of, the, of the, the United States of America. And with that, that, that intelligence gives them the ability to protect us. And let me tell you something. We better know the wiles of the devil. We better realize that we do have a real enemy. When we get up in the morning, we need to realize that because we do have a real enemy, we better prepare for battle. And the Lord gave us uh, the instruction in verse number 12, for we, he, uh, verse number 11, uh, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We have to realize that there is an enemy. Uh, so uh, this enemy, the leader, uh, this enemy, Satan, uh, he is a created being who is cast out of heaven because of his pride. Isaiah 14, verse 12 through 15, the Bible says, this, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did shaken the na uh, weaken the nations? For thou uh, hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the side 
sides of the pit. You know, there are many mysteries about this evil one, uh, Satan, uh, things that we do not know about him, but one thing that is not a mystery, uh, one day he is going to be cast into hell. One day he is going to be a defeated uh, enemy, uh, but the, the enemy is real. Uh, we have an enemy, uh, he is called Satan. We have an enemy, uh, and this enemy has helpers. You know why Satan does not, why he needs the helpers? He is not an omnipotent being. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipresent. But he does have his imps. He does have his demons. He does have the different principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and, and what do we find here? The devil has people. The devil has beings that are controlled. Uh, he, has, he has the influence in places of great power. You see, we have an enemy. But we don't just have an enemy God has given us some equipment to battle that enemy. He has not left us down here to fend for ourselves. Sort of like the military when they bring somebody in uh, and they're going to put them out uh, uh, maybe on foreign soil and maybe they're going to go into a combat zone. Uh, they don't say, okay, what did you bring? No, they provide everything that they need. They provide all of the weapons, they provide the uniform, they provide uh, all the protective uh, 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 safety uh, things that they can provide for them. Uh, they're going to give them as much as they can give them so they can effectively combat the enemy. Let me tell you, God, has, God is a lot better than our military. God, God knows exactly what we need to be able to fight in this battle. So in Ephesians chapter 6, look with me at verse number 13. He said in verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand uh, in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the, press, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking uh, the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to, uh, to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God has given us an armor to put on. God has given us the tools. He has given us the equipment to be able to, uh, to, be able to fight our enemy. And he said that we are to put on the whole armor of God. You know what? Just like you had to get up and get dressed this morning, we are to put on the whole armor of God just as purposefully. I am sure that when you woke up this morning, you didn't just reach into one drawer, pull one thing out, reach into another drawer, pull another thing out, reach into the closet, pull one thing out, whatever was quickest and easiest. You might have ended up with one sock and some underclothes and a shirt. No, it's purposeful. There's a process on how you dress. Some things have to go on before others. And just like that, we are to put on the whole 
armor of God. And God has given us uh, the directions here. Uh, verse 14, he said, he said that uh, we are to having our loins girt about with truth. And, uh, and here he's talking about the girdle uh, of the armor there. And that girdle, it was what it was that belt that went around the middle and, and everything attached to that belt. Everything attached to that girdle, if you would, and, and it was what held everything together. And you know what holds everything together in the life of the believer? Truth. Truth. You know, we have to be not only accepting of truth of God's word, we have to embrace truth in our own personal life. It's not what we say, it's who we are. You know, when a Christian starts to live a lie, everything comes apart. It doesn't matter how much Bible knowledge they have. It doesn't, how, no, it doesn't matter how long they have been in church. When there, has, when there is no truth, and we start embracing lies, we start living a lie, we start living that hypocritical life, it all comes apart. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, everything comes down to truth. What is true? And, and here, uh, in the life of the believer, truth holds everything uh, together. And when we allow lies uh, to invade our life, there is nothing to hold things together. If we don't have our loins girt about with truth, then we will not be able to wield the sword of truth, uh, the word of God. We are to uh, put on the, the girdle of truth, if you would. We are to put on the breastplate of righteousness in verse uh, number 14. Uh, that, that righteousness uh, is what should be a part of the life of the believer. Uh, true holiness. True holiness. And that righteousness, it represents right living. But it's right living based on the right standard. It's not right according to the world. It is right according to what God says is right. And here we have to live that, uh, we have to have the breastplate of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us uh, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Any righteousness that you and I have is only because of the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we have no righteousness of our own. There is no right in ourselves because of our sin nature. But Jesus, who became sin for us, he took on our sin nature and the consequence of that sin. He took our record and he gave us his record. The righteousness of Christ, the imputed righteousness. Uh, Ephesians 4.24, uh, the Bible says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And let me tell you, when you get saved and you accept the Lord as your personal Savior, there's a work that begins. The Holy Spirit of God moves in, and he starts to clean house. Amen? Uh, those that have been maybe saved later in life, and you have been 
been engaged in different things. The Spirit of God came in and says, hey, I don't like this anymore, and you got to change this. And, and it, it is what? It is, he has recreated us a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And see, uh, holiness is not the testimony... When holiness is not the testimony of the believer, then the accusations easily come and are believed. That breastplate of righteousness, that holiness, it is the closest to our heart. Injury comes when we're not putting on the armor of God. You know, sometimes people say, well, pastor, I'm so-and-so said something about me, I can't come back to church. Man, probably every one of you has said something about me. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to come back to church. You know, we, we all have to recognize when I'm injured, oftentimes it's because I wasn't putting on the armor. And I'm not saying injuries don't hurt. They do. But when we don't put on the armor, we are putting ourselves out there to be so vulnerable. And the evil one will get victory. I don't know about you, but I don't want him to have the winning. I don't want him to win in my life. I don't want him to have the victory in my life. Uh, so I want to put on this armor. The Lord has given us an armor to put on the equipment. He said to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There's something about telling somebody else about your Savior that increases your faith. You, you stand up for the Lord. You know what that does? That just helps your faith grow. Uh, it is... Just sharing the good news of the gospel, telling somebody else about salvation, give them a gospel track, talking to them about the Lord, that helps our faith. It builds our faith. And, and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace is as much as of the armor as the shield of faith. We have got to make sure that we are putting all of the pieces of armor on uh, that he has given to us. Uh, peace uh, is coming. Uh, and that that's a peace between God and man. What a blessing, the gospel of peace. You know, the gospel is good news. It's good news. We think about, here he says, the gospel of peace. Well, the death, the burial, the resurrection, there's a whole lot of negative that's tied up in all of that. But what, what happens because of the gospel? There's peace between God and man. Uh, Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. You and I are to be the ministers of peace. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, uh, God has given us this equipment, uh, having our feet shod, having the shield of faith in verse number 16. 
The Roman soldiers, they would have uh, these shields, the standard shield. There was a target, which was a round one, uh, but then there was the regular standard shield, and it was usually about a two-foot by four-foot wooden shield, and they would encase it in a thick leather, and with that, uh, that uh, was to stop the fiery darts. It was to, to stop those, those, uh, d- those arrows uh, that were coming. And the Bible tells us that we need to have the shield of faith uh, to stop the fiery darts of the wicked, to be able to stop those, those uh, arrows that are shot our way. The helmet of salvation in verse number 17, when God controls the mind, Satan cannot lead the believer astray. Warren Wiersbe said that. See, truth is in the Lord. It's in salvation. Salvation and the knowledge of the Savior is part of that armor that we need to have in our life. Verse 17, the sword of the Spirit. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, uh, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, God has given us the equipment to battle the enemy. We have an enemy. Uh, we have a, uh, the equipment, but then we have the energy that he has given us to be able to fight this battle. The energy and where we get that energy is listed right here in Ephesians 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut some of this out for time's sake. Uh, but what I want you to see is that the, en- the energy that we have to be able to stay in this battle against this enemy and use the armor that God has given us is through prayer. He said that we are to pray always. He said that we are to pray with all prayer in these verses down through verse 20. Uh, with all prayer. What was all prayer? Supplication and intercession and thanksgiving. Uh, uh, these were all the different types of prayer. But this praying in the Spirit, this is where we get the power to be able to fight the enemy with the tools that God has given to us. And we are to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groaning, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, it is through the Spirit of God's help that we will have victory. Say, Pastor, I don't feel victorious. Then let's back up a little bit. Do we really believe we have an enemy? Did God give us the equipment to fight that enemy? Yes, he did. And did he send the blessed Holy Spirit to indwell the believer so we can have power with God and over the enemy? Praise the Lord. He did. 
You see, we are to pray. He said we are to be watching, verse number 18. We are to pray with perseverance. We are to pray for all saints. All of these verses here about our prayer, and God says this is where you are gonna get the power, the energy, the strength to be able to fight the enemy. So we have an enemy, we have the equipment, we have the energy, but praise the Lord, he also gives us encouragement. You know, we're not by ourselves. Just like Elijah, sometimes we feel like, man, there's more of them than there is of us, and there's no way we can win. How am I going to make a difference? There's too many. God doesn't leave us in that situation. We're not alone. Look at verse 21 and 22. But that ye also may know my affairs, and how I do... Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. There's some more things there down through verse 24, but what do we find? We're not alone. We're not alone. And God has not only not left us alone himself, uh, the Lord is faithful. He will not leave us nor forsake us, but he also gives us other believers. Uh, he gives us the ministers. Uh, here you had uh, the, the apostle Paul, and then you have another faithful brother uh, that was there. Uh, so you have the ministers, other believers, other comforters as are listed. Uh, and you see, we need them. Why? Because we are under attack. We are under attack. And let me tell you, church, we've got to recognize the attack is real. The enemy is real. And if we don't recognize that he is a real enemy in our life, we will be defeated. We will be destroyed. We might win in the end because you're a child of God. But let's not let the enemy win in our life. I'm thankful that we know how it's going to turn out. You know, you read the end of the book. You know what's going to happen. But between now and then, there's still a life to live. There's still a world to reach. There's still a purpose to exist. And you and I, as believers, we've got to make sure that we stay engaged in the battle. Let's not become uh, injured. Let's not become sidelined. Let's not allow the devil uh, to destroy us and discourage us and defeat us. Let's make sure that we are, we are getting up in the morning realizing that we do have an enemy, but we have a victorious Savior uh, who has given us everything we need to win today. You know, I don't know about tomorrow but I got to win today. Just day by day. If we're not careful, we can just look at all that's going on and get overwhelmed. But all we need is, let's just have today. Let's just do what we can right now. Let's get up. Let's put on the armor. Let's go through our day trying to follow what the Savior would want us to do. And in doing so, we can chalk up a victory one day at a time. One day it'll all come together and 
the Lord's going to come back and the rapture's going to take place and we'll be out of here. But until that day, let's not let the devil have the victory. Father, I pray that you would help each and every one of us. Lord, you are so good to us. You have provided uh, salvation. You have provided your word to teach us and lead us and guide us how we ought to live. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to realize uh, we, are, we are in a very real battle. Help us not to be apathetic. Help us not to be casual in our faith. Help us to be committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Do you know Christ is your personal Savior? Do you know if you died right now that heaven's going to be your home? Do you have that assurance? Say, Pastor, I do. I, I know that I'm saved. I can go back in my mind to a time, a place. I know when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I'm a child of God. You say, Pastor, that's me. That's my testimony this morning. Just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Pastor, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand. I was honest. I, I don't know. I don't have that, that confidence. I don't have that assurance. I'm concerned about it. I want to be on the right side. I want to know that I am going to go to heaven. Pastor, I'm not sure. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up right where you're at. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. Pastor, I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. I see your hand. You can put it down. You can put it down. Who else? Pastor, I'm unsure of my salvation. Pray for me. Pray for me. Here in just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. And we're going to stand. Maybe you've been in this battle. Maybe you're saved this morning and you've not recognized the enemy. Maybe you have not uh, realized how he is the enemy that you need to fight. And you've got a little apathetic about putting on the armor. Maybe the Lord spoke to your heart. Maybe the faithfulness has fallen away. We're under attack. We need every soldier in the battle. When we stand in just a second, if you're saved and you're in the battle, we need you. If you've gotten a little bit lackadaisical, we need, we need recommitment. Whatever the Lord has worked in your heart, you respond. Father, I pray that you'd help us all, Lord, to follow what you'd want us to do this morning. For these that raise their hand of uh, needing salvation to others, Lord, that uh, have been in the battle, uh, maybe they have just gotten a little bit weary. I pray that you'd help all of us to be committed uh, to your cause. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments continue to play. If you raised your hand, unsure of your salvation, let me encourage you to come. Uh, the men are down front. We'll have someone take the Bible and and help you with your salvation. Uh, maybe you're saved and you've gotten out of the battle a little bit. Maybe you need to come to the altar and just give your life back to the Lord. What decision is it that you need to make today? Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.